And I'm moving towards the door. I'm Emily. And it's time to open up the floodgates. Hi, everybody. Today, Hi. Uh, we're talking about Emily's pick. Emily, you want to take it away? Oh, yeah. already shifting the blame. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, lest, so, lest we not forget, you both signed off on I don't this. think we talked about this on air yet, but uh, we have been rotating our picks. So yeah. I picked the first week. Uh, Lily picked the second. And then now we've got Emily's pick. Yeah, and you're gonna we're gonna be rotating around like that. So this week is an Emily week. Yeah, and as you know, I pick songs completely at random. Yes, and this week we chose uh, "Call You Mom" off of Nanobots, <laughs> <laughs> yep. which is a wild song. And a oh, wild it's pull. it's fucking ridiculous the amount of things that go in and come out of this song. Yep. Cool. So this was actually released less than a decade ago. Yeah. This is, uh, this yeah, is more the, recent. Uh, we've got, this is a song with Linnell singing, with Flansberger mm-hmm. backing. Uh, we've got Danny Weinkoff on the bass again, yeah. Marty Beller drums. Of course. Dan Miller on the electric guitar. Like, uh, around, like, the 2009-10 era is where mm-hmm. they sort of started stabilizing their, their cast. Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. I think we finally reached final They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Who's on piano in this one? Oh, it's Linnell. That tracks. Yes. It's Linnell, yeah. It's yeah, of course. And then we've got Stan Harrison on the sax. Uh, yeah. Tearing it up. Yeah. Which we can get right into talking about that, I think. It's it's the main draw of the song because the lyrics certainly aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. For me, like... You know, absurd, funny lyrics are part of the appeal of They Might Be Giants they're to me. And this very, definitely has them. Yes, they're very absurd. Um, But I'm going to be real. The, the main draw of this song for me is that saxophone. Oh, yeah, because the saxophone it's, is so good. It's that very, like, you know, 50s bop sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, song where it's just like, and now we're just going to cut to a, a random solo of saxophone. Fuck it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the piano in the back, which is very much the driving, like, dance piano. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, like, specifically, like, 1950s rockabilly and rock kits, where they would have it, the it's very, very yeah. heavy jamming, like, piano in the back. Just absolutely. That's my main The full force of your fingers directly on the keys mm-hmm. and just going. That's also just a simple rhythm. Yeah. I mean, it certainly um, drives a type of car. Not sure I what. <laughs> love the nothing. little spy harder style guitar riffs that sound oh, yeah. like they're from a Bond song. That's also what the sax <laughs> reminds me of, actually. <laughs> it sounds wrong. like a spy theme. <laughs> it does kind of. Like, a like, little bit, which is If it, like, horrifying. continued instead of, like, ending... That, mm. uh, like it, the riff stops uh, uh, and yeah. just like pauses in it. Yeah, it's like the opening bar of like a spy theme. Yeah, 
but it doesn't quite get there. It doesn't pass over that yeah. threshold. Mm-hmm. It's a bit surf rocky in a way. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's, very rockabilly, it's surf, very rock surf rock guitar, rockabilly piano, the like almost like 70s spy theme jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I've. The only said thing this, this before- is missing is like Birdman uh, soundtrack where it's just like Congo drums. I think that would really make this song. But yeah, I've said this before. I will end up saying it many, many times on this podcast. I love the bombastic, energetic songs. Are are That's some of my favorite stuff. And this has that in spades. Yeah. This is a song that I am going to be honest. I don't listen to a lot. Yeah. It's a... Uh... It, 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 you have to be in a certain mood for Call You Mom, I think. Definitely, Just yeah. It's for like subject the, matter. It's it's weird. It's, it's very it's weird. Fucking subject bizarre, matter. and is, not not as... in the just like bizarre, funny way, yeah. but also in that like a little, a little bit, bit unsettling. Of, yeah, a little bit unsettling, a little bit discomfort. Uh, uh, like, hmm. obviously, we're gonna get into a bit of the lyrics because it's just. From what it seems at surface level, it is a, a man telling a random person that he is now going to start calling them mom and acting like that. Mm-hmm. And, act, and, and dressing in a sailor suit and acting like a child, which is um unsettling. Unsettling, frankly. uncomfortable if, like, there's a lot of nuance to it. Yeah, there's, there, would... there's a lot to unpack here. I actually want to a little bit acknowledge a wider themes that come up in this song in two ways. I didn't think about the second one, but it is actually a relevant thread. The first is Nanobots has a large theme of family dynamics, like a lot of songs about uh, like children, parents, family, raising teenagers. It's Mm -hmm. definitely like one of those albums where it's like, okay, you were thinking a lot about being a parent or like, Family and parents at the time. I wonder but if secondly, anything that happened to any of the band members that kind of like spurned that on. Like if any we can talk had about like that. Hmm. We can talk about that in a bit. Um, the yeah. other theme, though, that comes up a lot in Nanobots that I didn't really even think about. Nanobots has a lot of songs that have deeply unsettling lines or like vibes to them. I mean, like the, the album starts off with You're on Fire, so... Yeah, like, there's You're on Fire, which, uh, I mean, re- really don't need to establish how that one's, like, high your head's on fire is a bit unsettling. Yeah. Uh, there's Nanobots, there's Black Ops, which is about a secret government that uh, wants to make you disappear. kind of leading back into that spy thing, so, yeah. I mean, maybe there's... it was just the vibe for the album. Lost My Mind, which is about that, like, sort of confusion... Uh, the only one that really breaks from mildly unsettling themes on this whole album are, like, Tesla and Circular Karate Chop. I guess. Oh, and yeah. I guess, I guess, like, a nouns, but that's part of a bigger song, so. Sure. But yeah, but, the whole album is just kind of like this, and you just kind of gotta let it rock. Yeah. That's the thing. Big fan of, big fan of Nanobots as an album. Um, 
big fan of this song's just general nature and vibes. Even though it is unsettling, the instrumentals carry it very, very, oh, yeah. very oh, yeah. far. It, it's 100%. it's never weird enough to where you're like, I don't know if I want to listen to this. It, it's <laughs> always like, this is a bop. It's kind of weird, but it's a bop. Yeah. Oh, also... This is the penis it's, music it's, era. It's, it's just enough to like make you actually think about it and engage with the lyrics yeah. and not just have them as like meaningless words, yeah. which they might be giants. It does do sometimes yeah. where the words basically mean nothing. But you know, clearly this one, they wanted to challenge you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Linnell also does a remarkable vocal performance on this one. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. His vocals are in a really good spot um, because at this point in 2012, he had been in the game for around 30 years, and yeah. <laughs> his voice has really only gotten better the older he's gotten. Mm-hmm. He is definitely aged well into a neuromusic career. And this is a point where their music had evolved a lot away from the early accordion um, and, like, drum and guitar into a more, I wouldn't say modern, because a lot of the time they do go back to that old style, but yeah. a more varied style that lends more towards rock than it used to. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, um... It, it's almost like the, the evolution of rock and roll itself, where it was descended from uh like early country moved into those sorts of like earlier like faster tunes mm-hmm. moving into uh very early like rockabilly into rock yeah we haven't even talked about the time they were influenced by rap for a bit yeah i we'll mean have to get into the, when they used record scratches who wasn't at some point it was the 90s i mean yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with taking inspiration from good places but like Make sure you understand it before you use it. Yeah. I mean, I think Once they might be giants, kind of do a a split LP with uh, a tribe called Quest. (laughs) And then time travel back into the 90s so it's relevant. All right. So, uh, do y'all want to get into some trivia for this before we talk about the lyrical nature and interpretations of the song? Let's go. Cool, cool. Let's get there. So, this is a wild thing to me. This is the first song released from Nanobots publicly. It was on SoundCloud on uh, 2012, uh, not released wow. with the rest of the album in 2013, which is wild. Imagine being like, yeah, you know what? This is the first one from the album that's coming out. Yep. And we're just going to drop it on SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. This not is even, obviously not, the thing that will draw people to single. listen to our album. Yeah. Not released as a single. It's like, here you go. SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, it's wild. Like throwing uh, bread out for pigeons. <laughs> In an interview with uh, the Weekly Feed, uh, which for reference, just because I should start doing this when I quote these, um, I looked up the Weekly Fed. Nice. Uh, the Weekly Feed is a uh, WFPK radio show. Okay. Um, out of Louisiana, I think. Um, John Linnell described this as an Oedipus Pan song. Sure. I mean... Which is a portmanteau 
uh, that is fascinating. Hmm. Um, noting the narrator's childishness and maternal obsession. Hmm. Um, so, rolling a hoop, uh, in this song, which is mentioned, uh, Used to be just a children's. I mean, people. Yeah. People yeah, have heard about it. Like you roll a hoop. hoop. You, you play stick and hoop. It was the. It yeah. was the game. Hoop trundling. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of the game, not to talk too much about it, but I think it is a neat little fact, was basically you run along this hoop that you started rolling with your hand, and you're using the stick to stabilize it. So it is kind of not like a friction. You're trying to get a stick that's pretty frictionless, so it's kind of hard. And you're trying to balance it so it doesn't roll off and fall. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep it rolling as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really, really like. It was actually a, uh, a sport that originated in, I believe, Africa? Huh. Interesting. Yep. I mean, There's it's something that it's was a... like sort of like that that uh, uh, natives used to do, where um, it was a game in which they uh, rolled a hoop, and the point was to get a uh, like a stick or a spear or like something that you've made and throw it through the hole in the hoop, like oh, trick shots. Yeah, trick shots, basically. Huh? Kids were just doing it's... trick shots as as like fun. It was cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It is so wild that this is not a game that anyone has ever thought to do. You know how they always do those, like, this is the high-tech version of this game? It's, it's really wild that no one's ever done this one, because it's a very basic, very fun concept. It involves yeah. running, holding sticks, and hoops. It really doesn't get honestly, more simple and fun than that. Honestly, stick and hoop as, things. like, a full-contact sport. Imagine, like, you could just grab a stick, you beat someone in the shins, and then you take the uh, hoop away, and then you're like, this is mine now. Go fuck yourself. Huh. Fascinating. With that tangent thoroughly explored, <laughs> uh, oh, you got any other thing. trivia for us? Yeah, one more thing, uh, which is also just a historical fact, I guess, um, yeah. that the sailor suit was originally uh, men's clothing. Yeah. Uh so the traditional sailor suit was something that men would wear in the 1850s, but uh, was popularized in the early 1900s as a fashion style for children, presumably along with that era of fashion design where uh, clothing companies were like, well, we can't have boys just wearing their older sister's dresses because then we won't be able to sell more clothing. So we have yeah. to invent gendered styles. And now yep. it's... Only known as the thing that Donald Duck wears. Yep. Now it's that, just Donald Duck. That is the know, cultural I think, relevance of it. I think there it. is still some association with the sailor suit and kids. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, uh, um, it also is a thing in um, Bojack Horseman. Um, sure. He's forced into it. I think... Um, Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> like... It's definitely like a dated reference, but it. It's but still everyone still knows what you're bit. talking yeah, about if you like, bring it you up. See a like, yeah, kid oh, in there's a, a little suit. kid in a sailor suit, and he's got like a big old lolly. And he's yeah, it's like, like okay, I yeah. want to go see the ships, daddy. This is this is a kid <laughs> whose parents just dressed him up to look all fancy, whatever. 
and maybe yeah. don't actually care he's about the He's a little fancy like, boy. Yeah, he's a little fancy boy. Mm-hmm. Little, little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> we can rap about all our favorite candy bars. You can't. So, I guess we can just get into lyrics, which... Yeah. Um, yeah, you Let's know. Let's dissect this frog. Come on. Yeah, it's a lot of talking about walking up to a random woman and telling her you're going to be her mom, uh, wearing a sailor suit, and, um... And once they reject you and leave your life... Finding someone else. Yeah, finding someone else after... And then calling them... And then calling them after the person they were previously talking to. This is a uh, long line of They Might Be Giant songs where the narrator in question is an unwanted uh, admirer or person who's interested in you, like mm-hmm. I'm Your Boyfriend Now or Answer, which is a later song. Uh, it's just a continued side theme that uh, sometimes John Linnell just wants to sing from the point of view of terrible people. Like, I mean, strange one thing, people one thing or, that like, I always unsettling people. Is mm-hmm. that it's never seen as a good thing or something to aspire to. They are the villains yeah, in these yeah, songs. Yeah, they're not yeah. themselves about it. Yeah. It's like, no, I, like, the guy who's acting in Sully in this song is absolutely creepy and, like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the it, song is supposed to be unsettling in the same way. It literally comes near the Darlings of Lumberland, which is another song that is outright just a horror song yeah mm-hmm. so i think that's what this is played for as well this is a song that's supposed to be played for horror so okay. do y'all want to break into interpretations fan interpretations <sighs> yeah. sure let's let's well, go I mean, with fan interpretation we can do our interpretations too. i mean like oh, i mean i think we've already if you have really covered an interpretation it, like, please bring it to the table okay I mean, I can i start with mine like sure get us rolling Great. So I have a bit of an out of left field one. Uh, okay. But this sure. song and its allusions to disguises, its reference to another person, uh-huh. are all from the point of view of following the musical cues, a spy. There are a lot of themes oh. about black ops or spies on this album. And I think this is from the point of view of someone like a master of disguise, either disguising themselves as uh, a little guy in a sailor suit. Or just in general, like, talking about their disguises. Maybe almost, not to say, considering there's a level of petulantness to this, like a Bond-style character, Bond kind of falls into that, like, I'm strong and masculine, but also I like the Y. the, uh, the line, and then I turned around and you were gone, to, to almost mean like, oh, my partner during this mission died and I have to find a new cover. <laughs> yeah, there's this level of like, yeah. I also thought of the idea of mom in this question being like the head of the organization that they work for because okay. mom or mother being the name of the head of like a spy organization is something that happens a lot in media. It does. It happens quite a lot. So, I think you could go with that really generous, uh, off-the-cuff interpretation. It, it definitely colors it in a different light. It, it puts on a new yeah. lens. I was gonna say this song is about King Kong. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. You know the end of King Kong where he takes the woman and he goes up to the top of the building? He's, there's, okay. There's and like a very familial suit? relationship there because he is trying to protect this person sure. due to his own interests. Sure. But eventually they take him the way they shoot down King Kong. He falls to his death. Okay. And he lies face down in the lawn. All right. <laughs> What? So okay. for fan yep. interpretations of this, we have some really decently interesting ones. Um, by sure. the way, thank you to This Might Be a Wiki for just having all of the information that we've been using for this episode. And also yep. being a good place for people to post their stuff, uh, uh, their interpretations and whatnot. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of pointing out, you know, the Oedipus stuff or whatever. Of course, yeah. Uh, we do have, um, someone also, uh, brought up, uh, a comparison to Arrested Development, which I don't think the song is about huh? Arrested Development, but it absolutely <laughs> is a song for Buster. Like it, it works perfectly. I've never seen Arrested Development. So this one sails over my so head. So Buster is a like 30 year old man child. Sure. And he, uh, their mom is named Lucille. And he dates uh, uh, an old woman across the hall named Lucille. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the oh, thing that happens sucks. in Arrested Development. There's also, uh, the sailor suit does make an appearance in Arrested Development as well. In that, Christ. like, you know, something a small child, a fancy child wears uh, sense. Um, though it's not Buster, it is uh, forced upon uh, George Michael when uh like buster stops paying as much attention to his mom mm -hmm. like the uh like like the uh person from wham <laughs> okay yeah, i sure. really really yeah i really really like uh someone being like everyone is very into the oedipus rex song but i think this interpretation is a little too freudian and flat i think a more interesting take would be the similarity between the song and a hamlet <laughs> Uh, yeah, huh. it's that's another. Yeah, it's like, yeah again. Shit is crazy in Denmark is a line in this again. I it I is. Yeah. that's another one of those ones. that's like I don't think that's what they were intending, but it absolutely does work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also like that it notes allusions to a creeping, vague sense of madness, which actually does is really relevant to the it, song. It does least. pervade the song and kind of the album as well. It's. I will say there's another interpretation on here that I think brings up a great point, which mm. is abandonment issues breeds abandonment issues. Very true, because it. at the very last uh, uh, verse, they switch it up, and it's. I will be leaving. And I will be leaving, and then. But also, like, the there's abandonment issues can be this really vicious cycle where absolutely you yeah. are scared of being abandoned, so you cling tighter, and that only like, pushes things that away. That pushes them away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is ba literally what's happening here is that, mm -hmm. okay, you were nice to me, so I'm now going to imprint on you like you're my mother. Yes. And, oh, you're leaving because you, that, that's way too much for you? Oh, abandon again. Yeah. Just like... I'm going to find first, someone new. Just like when my mom left. Like, yeah. yeah like it, it both... And then that person feels that same sense of like, oh, this is strange. I feel like something's different or something's awful and it creates this sort of cycle of repeating events yeah. um 
Which they might be giants. Love repeating events in like songs. For sure. Like this sort of cyclical nature of things. I palindrome I was a big, big song. That Definitely. actually a song yeah. that I feel hits this one as well. Although this one takes the opposite stance of instead of being this repeating cycle of hatred, it's this repeating cycle of an almost clingy love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do y'all have any other closing thoughts about this one? The song could also be about the adoring fan from uh, Oblivion. <laughs> oh, I, I will say, there's also another um, inter- fan interpretation here. Yeah. Uh, oh. That uh, the child here, the, the, the man child here is actually a child. And this is about like searching, like going up, attaching to random adult woman to be like a stepmother. Okay, like lost oh. in the mall sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. Find the closest mom and be like, I'm just going to call you mom until we find my mom. Okay. Yeah. I'm scared. Something like that, yeah. Which, uh, you know, again, I don't think, I, I think the man-child one is uh, a little bit stronger. It's definitely but the more prevalent. Yeah, I think definitely you can uh, there you can There is a way to see this just... song where it is taken at face value and it is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a child. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's the last one to bring up, though. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a weird, not exactly divisive in terms of interpretation, but mm-hmm. very interesting in terms of subject matter but For sure. i still yeah. think worth looking into because again it's a good at the song. end of the day it is yeah. a good song it is well composed yeah and again like they might be giants like forcing you to actually like think about the song and interact with it by mm-hmm. having these unsettling lyrics like i really like that i don't think like yeah. it's, it's all it's, it's good that they don't shy away from it and also don't glorify it like it's you know, I think I I think it is a a good thing to do, and like shock value for its own sake is like bad, but li- just this like little bit of unsettling level mm-hmm. of it is you know just enough to draw your attention. Unsettling to with it. purpose. Yeah, like that's I think it's really effective. Yes, and I think it uh, further hammers home Nanobot's whole or whole theme of mm-hmm. like familial relations and parents and children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that really helps it. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe right. not like the single it. to pick out oh. in the album, but I mean, if you listen to Nanobots, it has its place. Mm-hmm. All, right. All, right. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Floodgate is a production of Tiny Lunar Dragon Studios. Uh, we have our title theme, which is uh, composed by Bones. Super appreciate that. Uh, our album art is created by Emily Cardamus. Uh, thank you to Emily. Uh, you can find her at Corrupted Gem on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter, um, the podcast at Floodgate Pod, the studio itself at TL Dragon Studios, uh, us it's individually. All in the description. It's all you know where to find it. Um, if you like the show a lot, uh, we'd appreciate your support, uh, both in sharing it with your friends, but also in a Patreon form, if uh, that's something you can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash tinylunardragonstudios to support us, and it really means a lot to us, uh, all the support that we get there. Yeah. You can also just join our Discord to hang out and chat. We've got... Uh, discord.tinylunardragon.studio 
is our uh, easy URL for that. Mm-hmm. Um, come chat with us about They Might Be Giants, about our interpretations of the songs, about your favorite song your that we should do next. Even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've got another wild interpretation, you know I love those. Yeah, like, if there's something you... Give th- them to me. If there's something you think we missed that's just hiding in the episode, like, come tell us. We, we Yeah, for sure. It. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, everybody dies frustrated and sad. And that's beautiful. Emily. Yeah. Do you think King K. Rule would make a good podcast host? Absolutely not. Can you imagine how much he'd show for like crypto? Oh yeah, that I mean that might still make him a good host though. Like what do you think, Lily? I mean it would make him a good I mean, host for investors. He might be a good host for like an investment podcast, but I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where he's like very clearly a ghoul and it would be a ghoul centric podcast. A ghoul? Yeah! Yeah. The ghouls. Alright, fair enough. Hey, smooth skin. How do you feel about crypto? Hey, smooth skin. You want to invest in my fun? (laughs) Join us for more discussions like this every other week at the Ultimate Tier List. Found wherever you can find your podcasts. Open the floodgate